of the Akwejo, a community of young people coming together to tell our stories about our relationship with Jesus Christ and grow together in Christ. We aim to have conversations that would help us grow and deepen our personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Once again, thank you for joining. I'm your host, Nifemi. Hi, welcome to the Blurry Line podcast. My name is Nifemi and I am your host on the Blurry Land Podcast. I'm really, really glad to be able to have you on this podcast to discuss a very, very interesting topic. And for me, it's really much interesting for me because you already work in this kind of line. You already do, you already practice what we're about to talk about. And I'm really, really just keen to be able to hear from you um, on the topic and just learn from you and i really really hope that this blesses as many people as possible before we go on um, can you please introduce yourself um my name is candy ayodili um i'm a christian young christian that um that is passionate for the gospel of jesus christ and i believe that you know god wants to use everything possible to spread to spread the message of christ to to reach this generation so that that is who i am that's what i'm about i'm about the gospel i'm about you know business i'm about culture i'm about everything that has to do with you know mankind but everything about me is centered on jesus christ and you know is is wonderful gospel so yeah <laughs> so that's who i am yeah. so glad so glad to have you candy and um candy is also a brand consultant for Blessed Africa Boutique. Um, it's a very lovely store. Like, if you know me, like, if you know Nifemi, you know that I'm all about my very fancy Christian t-shirts. Like, I, I, I want to wear a shirt that says something to people. And Kane is part of that movement. People that help Christians look good and also doing that by preaching the word. And that's a line to what we're going to be discussing today. The topic for today is faith and culture. Are they compatible? And um, it's really interesting because a lot of times people try to take them aside to say that once you give your life to Christ, you are no longer part of a certain culture that doesn't glorify Christ. And some of the things they do in that culture, it cannot be transferred into the church. And there's been numerous debates, conversations about why we think some things that are done outside of the church can be brought into the church in order for us to create relatability and also be able to reach out to more people outside of the church because for we that God has saved, like we keep looking up to God and our job as Christians is to be able to reach out to the people outside of the church and mm-hmm. this is no, apart from the Holy Spirit speaking through them, one of the other ways is to do is to try to let them relate with you and sometimes the conversation about faith and culture being separated has been something that um, a lot of us, including myself, have found very interesting. And I started thinking about this topic um, recently, I think sometimes last year, when I went for a concert, a gospel concert. Mm-hmm. And 
in the midst of the whole performance, someone was singing Bessie from Jesu. And it's like, Bessie, Bessie. And I was like, oh my God, what's this? Like, I felt like it didn't <laughs> connect with my spirit at mm-hmm. all. But the worst thing happened in the period of two weeks, like two weeks ago, which is so interesting for this conversation, is that I was, there was a time I was I was doing some work at home, like, and I was, I was looking for, like, I'm a very, I love worship songs. I love to just, just dwell in the presence of God with my music. For this particular period, I wanted to praise God. Like, I felt like just singing praises to God. Like, and it's not just like praising that Lord. I wanted to, quote unquote, run mad. Like, you know the way David praised God in the Bible? Mm-hmm. That kind of feeling. I had it. And the only song that I could find on my music playlist that I could relate to at that point was Bessie from Jesu. And, and I remember some some days back or some months back rather when i heard that particular song i'm like oh my god this is not of the church like why what people are and it's just so weird what happens in the journey with christ and which is why i I every time love this conversation so i'm going to start with the first question candy and it says um why faith why culture do they go together what's your like what do you think why what is faith what is culture and and do they go together? So, um, that's a perfect place to start. Faith is a belief system. Um, you know, many we have many religions. We have um, Christianity. We have Islam. We have Judaism. We have different types of religion. New religions actually come out in almost every age, and we many we generalize generalize the term and call it faith. Like, oh, my faith is. Is this and is that? But um, in, when it comes to Christianity, Christianity, we we see um, faith as um, the saving power of God, or what connects us to the saving power of God. We 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 don't just believe that there is a God. We believe in His work for us. We see His work for us. We accept His work for us, and we are saved. But, you know, every other religion, every other faith talks about, you know, um, things that you do, 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 do. So it's not really faith. It's just only what you call a general faith, in, you know, in God. But in Christianity, it isn't just a general faith that God exists. It's a general faith. In, it's a faith in um, the sacrifice of his son and in what his son has done for us. So um, in the Christian context, faith is just how we live our lives daily for God. You know, our belief system in his in, in his gospel, in his power, in everything that has to do with him, in his love for us even. So, you know, um, it reminds me of um, Romans chapter um, chapter 1, where it says, um, the just shall live by faith. When he talks about the gospel, then he goes on to say, the just shall live by faith, which is also taken from the Old Testament in Abacook. We, we live, our, our expression of life is by faith to God, in God in his gospel, in his love for us. And um, according to the Bible, that is where we are told to live from. That is the starting point for us. That is where our lives um, is centered upon. That's what our lives, our lives are centered upon, rather. And, um, you know, we, we as Christians are the most blessed people in the world because our faith is solid. Our faith is solid. You know, our faith, our faith is not... You know, it isn't based on um, immutable things. It is based on an unchanging fact that there is a God 
that loves us, that cares for us, that gave himself for us, that bled for us on the cross, and that lives in us. So we as Christians live from that perspective. We live from, from that angle that we are alive to God by faith in him, by faith in his son. So um, what is culture? Culture is a very um, simple way to define culture is our way of life. You know, the way um, societies and communities relate with each other, the languages, you know, the foods that we eat, um, our, our greeting, our way of greeting, our, you know, even our, our ideologies, those things form our culture, they form the way we, we, um, we live our day-to-day life, but on a human and societal level, not on a God level. Our culture is just, you know, the things that we pick up from our ancestors, from, you know, that, that are passed on. It's, you, some people call it heritage. Some people say our culture is our heritage, and they're right, because our culture is what is passed on to us by not just our parents, but our grandparents and their, and their parents and their, our great-grandparents and, and so on and so, so forth, like to, to, to our ancestors. We, we receive them from the people that have come ahead of us and um you know our culture is culture is so important we our culture is what makes us what forms us into the kind of um, man or woman that we turn out to be at the end of the day you know some cultures put a lot of emphasis on respect some don't some put a, um, a lot of emphasis on you know um purity on morality and some don't really have a strong um a strong, um, you know, restriction on morality and all that kind of stuff. But you know, culture differs. Like, but unlike you know, unlike faith, culture differs. Our faith as Christians should be one in one thing and one thing only: in the finished works of Christ and in you know the cross of, of Jesus Christ. We don't have any other thing that we put our faith in. But our culture can differ, and culture always differs. You don't you don't find you know, a group of people exhibiting the same culture. Something must be different. Something, there must be um, a change in language, a change in the type of food they eat, a change in the type of, you know, in the way they do things. Culture always differs. But really, culture is just about our day-to-day human interactions with our immediate community and society. So, um, you know, culture and faith, the debate, like you said earlier, the debate between culture and faith is something that has been, um, going on for years in the church, um, and you know some, you know, there are practically two schools of thoughts. People, some people believe that um, you don't mix faith and culture. Some people believe that you know faith and culture should be mixed. But one thing I always tell people is that let let's take our our theology or whatever ideology that we are trying to form from the Word of God. Let us see what God's Word says. Let us see how. God's word separates culture and faith, and how God God's word brings them together. And we see a lot of it in the Bible. We see a lot of how culture is, you know, you know, the culture of the of the Jews was so important to them because their culture was given to them by God. Literally, God was the one that gave them their lifestyle, their you know, all the feasts that they celebrate. Even today, they were all given to them by God. But but many. Many other cultures were man-made, man-made. But we must understand the difference between what they had and what we have. In the New Testament, the same 
argument started, you know, um, the gentle church, which um, many of us are today, um, where, you know, before then, the Jews, before um, Cornelius and his family got saved in Acts 10, you know, the Jews thought, you know, the gospel was going for them. But then God began to reach out to the apostles, you know, Apostle Paul had already been raised by by the Lord Jesus Christ to take the gospel to the Gentiles. But God began to reach out to Peter. We, um, we see all that in Acts 10. And um, we see how Cornelius and his family are brought into the church. Now there's a debate in the um, in the church. Should these guys, these Gentile guys, become Christians like us? Um, adopt our cultures, rather. Who have become Christians like us? Should they adopt our Jewish cultures, our Jewish laws? And some people were imposing that in the church, that you know, because these guys are now, these guys are now, um, these guys are now Christians. Now they must live like we, we live. They must do things like we do. They must keep the feast. They must not eat pork. They must not eat certain things. They must, you know, dress a certain way and all that kind of stuff. It was a, it was a raging debate in the church that they had to, they had to hold a meeting in Jerusalem where. Um, some um, people were brought together and they came together to reach a, um, a decision on what to do with Gentile believers. And then they sent Paul and Barnabas to spread the message. But the point I'm trying to get on, get to is that this issue, this whole culture and faith thing, has been something that has been in the has been in um, the church since the foundation with the apostles. It has been something that has been highly debated on. Then we go to um, Galatians where we see. Um, you know, Apostle Paul, and he writes the book of Galatians to the church in Galatia because certain Jews were trying to force them into the Jewish culture by making them, you know, to be circumcised. And you know, they were, it wasn't just circumcision. Circumcision was the, was at the forefront, but there were other things that they were telling them to do. And it wasn't just the church in Galatia. It was also the church, the Roman church. The Roman church had that same issue. Gentile, um, Gentile believers couldn't mix with Jewish believers because the Jewish believers wanted the Gentile believers to act like they did. So it's a old, it's there's there's the old conflict in the early church, and um, Paul addresses it. In, he, he addresses it strongly in those three books in Romans, Colossians, and Galatians. And um, you know. From reading that, we have, we really have to ask the Holy Spirit to teach us, to show us what it is that He wants us to understand about faith and culture. Because when I got saved, I'm, I'm someone that's very huge on pop culture. I'm very big on um, when I was I was I was not saved. I was very big on you know musicians, musicians, um, you know things that were going on in the world, movies, all those things. Knew all the popping celebrities' names, knew the information about them, all those things. Popular culture is really my thing. And then I got saved and you know, I was brought into this um, community of believers who were like, oh yeah, you have to live that old life. You have to not dress in a certain way. You have to not even, you, you have to not cut your hair in a certain way. They were, you know, I was, I got into a community of believers that said, you know, you have to completely change your lifestyle to follow this certain in a way of life and it was something that really disturbed me because I felt like I deep within me this is me being honest I felt deep within, within me that this is not what God wants from us I just it was this was not um this was not 
something that someone told me. This was how I felt within my spirit that there is so much more to Christianity than this. There, there is there is so much more to you know what we what we call Christianity than what we have been shown. And I began to you know the, the Holy Spirit in His kindness began to show me through the Word how you know faith and culture actually comes together and how you know culture is a man-made thing. Now the problem with many people is that. Excuse me. The problem with many people is that they feel like culture is from the devil. They believe that, you know, if this is the devil's culture. Now, yes, the devil is the devil has his tricks and his um, you know, his vices, but I do not believe that the devil can create. I don't nowhere in the Bible are we told that the devil has the spirit, the ability to create things. The devil the devil's number 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 one and two titles in the Bible is um, number one is deceiver, number two is accuser. Nowhere are we told that the devil is a creator. But we, you know, we have this idea in Christianity that um, that the devil, the devil creates all these cultures. You know, we call it the devil's culture. But those things are not really the devil's culture. They are just human culture that is influenced by the devil. That's just it. The, the, um, the, then we have. On the other hand, we have human um, human culture that is influenced by God. We have we have human culture that is influenced by the devil, and human culture that is influenced by God. But the the four, the, the true creator of, of of culture is either God. We see that with the Jews or man, with you know with you know other people around the world that you know came together. Actually, when you look at it, because when you look back to you know the Tower of Babel. That was, in a way, God kind of created culture because it started with language. God gave everybody a different language and everybody went on their own then created their own thing. It was not the devil. Now, I'm not saying that everything in every culture is good. I'm saying that culture is solely created by people, human beings, but they can be influenced by either God or the devil. But, you know, we have this, um, we have this, um, this issue in Christianity where we feel like, you know, culture is is a devil. Um, when we see a culture that we don't like, we believe it's from the devil. So I I, I truly do believe that there's a place, there's a, there's there's a line, there's a, there's there's a place where culture and faith meets. There's a place where they actually come together. So yeah, um, I hope I didn't take too long on that question. Well, I, like I said, I'm just here to listen to you and. And get blessed by what you what you what you're here to say. Um, and it's really interesting because I picked up some few things um from what you said. And one of them is when you said that when you went away, when you just gave your life to Christ and you converted and you were saved by God and you went into a new church and they had these certain rules. And which brings me to my next question is so. Uh, like you rightly said, which I kind of agree, culture is man-made. So it's a group of people coming together to say, this is our way of life. Mm-hmm. And they try to pass it on from generation to generation. It's the way our generation, we are rejecting some of the things that our parents have passed to us because we see that these things don't complement our way of life and we want to get a new one. Um, and which is my point about churches now, because when we talk about cultures, uh, in one of the questions I had, someone said there's a... Um, they would rather have to dis- differentiate it as culture and Christian culture. And and what it means is that even in our different churches, yeah, 
Mm-hmm. There are some churches that have different cultures to say, for example, some churches will say to you, like you said, cut your hair this way. Uh, don't wear trousers as a woman. Um, don't do this, this as a man. And a lot of time we agree to those things, assuming it is our way of serving God. Mm-hmm. And we don't know the difference. So I wanted to ask, when when you gave your life to Christ, and it's a question I'm just going to, it's a question I have, but I'm just going to use your example. How were you able to decipher and say, this is not a way to serve God? Like, because the church has said that our culture in this place means you don't want to wear jeans, women should not wear jeans. But you want to wear jeans, for example. And, but you just obey them thinking that, oh my God, the church has said it, maybe God has said it. But then at some point you realize that, oh, this is not what God said. How do you break from that point whereby you, you, you no longer just take yes say as this is what the church has said, and now you get to the point whereby this is what God has said. And my point is asking the question, because if you read the story of Paul as well, mm-hmm. there's a time that he said, I just I can't remember the particular verse or chapter now, but it says that Paul starts with them, Paul ends with them, but it, it did not behave like them. He did not do the things they were doing, but it starts with them. And the, the point I'm driving with that is that at some point, God asked him to do those things. So he moved from a point whereby he was not doing it because God has asked him to do. So as Christians, it's very, very important because in order for us to be able to move away from whereby, okay, I come to a new city and the city has said this, or I come to a new church and the church has said this, to the point whereby I come to a new church, I come to a new city, God has said this. And even with that culture, you still do the thing God has asked you to do. Mm-hmm. And so how, how, what's the journey like? And how do you get to that? Another example I wanted to give is um, with what you guys do at, um, at your store is you, you create outfits for people. You create merchandise for people that, that has a message that preaches the gospel. And it's really important because I can decide that I wanted to do it. I can say that, oh my God, I don't, I don't have this thing I want to do. I, I have this idea I want to do. Um, and all of that. But if you've come to the point where you, you want to, so for example, you can do like, maybe you do an anklet that has um, a gospel or a chain or a cross on it, whatever. And to some people, they feel like anyone that wears an anklet is um, is doing, quote unquote, something of the devil. But you know that you have gotten to the point whereby God has asked you to influence culture yes. this way. So you are influencing culture with the, with the things you do and a lot of people are being drawn to Christ by that. And that's what Paul did when he sat with those people. He was able to influence their culture. That's what a lot of people are doing with the things that are doing. So what I'm asking, what's the journey like? And how can people be able to like just move from that place? By, I'm doing this because it's said, this is how we do this. this. So this is how God wants it to be done. Because I feel like if culture and faith, if Christian culture and and popular culture needs to be right. It needs to come from a place of God has said this. God has asked us to do this. And that's how they can properly interact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um so just to like answer your question, um, um, you know, faith and culture is my journey in in all of this was when I got saved. Now I don't want to take any credit for myself because if I'm being real, I I I I was I was stuck in it. So I'll, I'll just give you a, a little background of myself. So when I got saved, I 
I got armed with all these rules. I got introduced to certain teachings that, you know, it was so bad that someone said that if you used weeds, you would go to hell. Like, it was that bad. So I began to think about all, like, my mom. My mom is a Christian. My my, my parents, I come from a Christian home. Uh, my, we do, you know, faith, our faith is strong in our family. And um, my mom my mom uses weeds and, you know, she sometimes she paints her nails and all that kind of And this woman comes and she says that, you know, people that do that are going to hell. And... That, that really got me because I, I felt like, wow, that, is this really how difficult it is with God? Like, is God really this um, uptight? And she, it wasn't just that. She said, you know, people that use rings, people that wear ne- necklaces and all that kind of stuff are going to hell. And when I heard all that, do you know what I did? I did the easiest thing. Or I did, you know, the thing that most people do when they are armored with the law. I ran. I, I ran. Because I knew I couldn't keep all this. So I, I, I was just like, you know, God, if, if it is this difficult, then what's the point? Like, if, you know, things are this, if, you know, people are going to hell for things like this, then why did Jesus come? But, you know, I was, I, so I, I turned away from the Lord. The, the Lord is so kind. He brought me back in his love. And, you know, the, the, then later on, it wasn't immediately. Later on, the Holy Spirit began to teach me on these things. The Holy Spirit began to teach me on on um, on how it is with Him, how His heart is is really for us. And, you know, the problem is that we don't start with the gospel. If you know the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you know what Jesus Christ has wrought for us in His great plan of redemption, then you will understand the freedom that we have. Now, I'm not. It is not a freedom to sin, as many people would call it, but it is a freedom to live. The abundant life. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and you might have life abundantly. Now, when you hit people with, you know, rules, regulations on doing this and doing that and doing that, they don't get to live the abundant life. They don't get to live the kind of life that makes God, that God is pleased with. They live a life where, you know, there's this, they have hard thoughts towards God. Now, one thing we must understand is God's nature and God is love. So God is a lover. Now there is no lover that wants to live in a to um, live in a relationship that is based on rules and regulations. There's no there's nobody that wants to be in a marriage that's based on rules and timetable on certain things. Now, yes, you know, those things have their place. They do have their place, but in a relationship, everything should flow from the heart. Everything. And that is the point that God wants us to be at. God wants us to be in a place where we can, you know, enjoy Him and not just enjoy Him. God wants us to be a light. I think that's um, that that is um, a, a a a point where many Christians stop thinking. We we just you know we are trying to please God, please God. It is good to please the Lord, but one thing you must understand is that God wants us to also be a light to the world. Now there's this poverty culture that was. You know, poverty, for a long time in the church, we were told that being poor is holy. I don't know if you remember that. For a long time, you know, people would say things like, you know, it is a, being poor is from the Lord. Like, if you are poor, then, you know, don't seek riches. Just seek the Lord and, you know, don't do anything about your poverty. God doesn't want you rich. If you become rich, you won't go to heaven. So, <laughs> so, 
you know, we had that mindset in the church. But then, as you know, God began to raise the right teachers, people like Kenneth Hagin, people like, you know, people that, that came out to give us the, like, you know, Billy Graham, like, and woman, this, this name, you know, they came out and they taught the word of God in truth. They told people that, you know, the truth is that God wants you blessed. There was a time that poverty was a church culture. But God raised many of God to counter that mindset. So, you see, everything has to start from, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ. What, the, 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 the freedom that I, I, I gained in my life was when I knew that God has given me the, the power, the ability to live the abundant life, to live a full life through our doing these things. We, we are trying to come to the Lord based on our goodness, based on our ability. But the problem with that is, why did Jesus die? Why, why did Jesus now come? Tattoo is highly regarded in many cultures. Even in the Yoruba culture, you see some people, you know, they have some inscriptions in their hands, in their body. You know, we have our tribal maps. Those things are, those things are part of our culture. And we must understand that, um, that those things were man-made, not God-made. Now, people go to the Old Testament to bring a lot of these rules and regulations out. And, you know, people people teach that from the Old Testament. But um, we must interpret everything in light of the gospel. We must interpret everything in light of the same force of Jesus. How our freedom has been wrought for us. Now, God is not looking at us based on our goodness, based on our perfection, but based on the perfection of the Son. So now, so I'm going to read to you a scripture in, um, in um, Galatians chapter 5. Um, I'll start with verse 1. It was for this freedom. That Christ set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not subject yourself again to the yoke of slavery, which was once in you. Then he goes on to say, Notice that it is I, Paul, who tell you, Paul, a Pharisee, okay, sorry, Paul, a Pharisee, um, says that it is I, Paul, who tell you that if you receive circumcision, that is, if you receive circumcision as a requirement for salvation. If you think that it's all about doing this thing, doing this thing, that you can require, you can attain salvation, then Christ will be of need for benefit to you. And it goes on to say that then in the same chapter it says, let us walk, let us use, let us not use our freedom for you know for bad things. Let us use it to the glory of God. We're using it to tell people that Jesus has given us a freedom. And we are using our freedom to glorify Him. So yeah, thank you. Um, I, I hope I didn't take too long. Ah, that's all right. Um, I, I did enjoy the part where you said um, poverty was a tough culture because I just remember what they would say. It's only people that have so little that can go to heaven. They say because once you have so much, once you have once you have accumulated, uh, you are taking in so much wealth. Man, there's no way your money is going to disrupt you from going to heaven. And so it's so funny how. For a certain period, um, for a certain period, people, the certain cultures for the church. And I like when you say that you have to, the gospel needs to lead that conversation. So yeah. if you're saying that you want to, you want to go out and create this thing, so what are you going to do? Um, what's leading the conversation? Who is at the front and the center? Like what guards it? And it's so important. And I wanted to ask you maybe one more or one or two more questions because this is one thing that if you check how God in the Bible or Jesus Christ or the disciples influence culture, 
one of the things I realized, it, it comes from a place of love. Yeah. And sometimes, most times, it's love that, oh my God, I have this freedom. Like, you don't understand, like, when I try to explain, explain Christ to people is that you don't understand the freedom you have. It's so weird, like, like you said, it's not the freedom for you to go and sin, but it's the freedom for you to exist and be the best of yourself. Like, the freedom for you to be able to do the things God has assigned you to do. And when you have that freedom and God has given you love, like, God has told you, I want you to go into this space of motivational speaking. I want you to let your light shine. See, what God is asking you to do is he's asking you to go and show love to those people and preach love in a way that they w- it would now come and they'll start asking you, oh my God, what are you doing? Because that's the only way you can influence culture. Is Because if I see, if I see now, for example, that you are wearing, if I have a church and you are wearing trousers and I'm chasing you out every time, the thing I'm doing consistently is I am chasing you away from the gospel. And no matter how much it is, you're not gonna, you're never going to come back to the gospel. You're like, what, what are these guys doing here? Like, they don't know. So for me, it's always that in in order for us to be able to influence culture as as people, as Christians, as as believers, is that God has to be at the center of it. And when God is at the center, because God is love, it means that love is at the center. So whatever influence you're trying to make, whatever way you're trying to make them coexist or live together, it means that there was one thing you're trying to do. You're trying to profess love to people. You're trying to let people know that I am enjoying something with this particular way of life and I want you to enjoy it. And which is where I wanted to ask um, the last question is for a lot of people, a lot of young people that go to church, a lot of young people that are finding their faith. Like it's really important and I get you when you say that you need to be able to understand that the gospel needs to be at the front and center, which means that your eyes is only focused on God. But like you said, sometimes you need people as shepherds to, to help you. And sometimes you fall into the prey of what are those people that kill shepherds, like hunters mm-hmm. rather than shepherds. And and they're hunting you, they're chasing you every time away from the gospel. And sometimes you take what they say because of your experience, you take it as this is how this is how we should be. And the Bible says it's like at the end times, um, goats will be is it goats or something that they would come in the form of shepherds? That means they will come and say, I want to nurture you. Whereas they're not coming to show you love. And so it's that a lot of people have been chased away. A lot of people do not understand. Like for me, I'm not even going to mess with you. I'm looking for a company that can do massive, beautiful t-shirts, like elevation worship shirts. Like, because I love to wear those shirts. And it's not, it's not, it's not normal. It's not like our regular um carnival or our regular parish church that just says, give your life to Christ. It's very, it's very, I love to wear this kind of shirts because I feel good. and also feel like I am, I'm preaching a message. And I'll give a random example. And it's saying that I wore one of them, a shirt from a friend and it has on the shirt, trust, um, trust in your arts, cancel trust in the Lord. Um, it's from second Adam. And I was in I was on a trip in, in Abu Dhabi and I, I didn't realize that you cannot preach. I didn't even know. Like I just wore the shirt because I wanted my teacher to say something. And I was having coffee that evening and the the, the attendant met me and said, Thank you, your shirt gave me hope. I'm like, oh, I didn't even realize I was wearing this shirt. Like I didn't like I didn't even notice that I was wearing this shirt. I was just wearing the shirt because 
it came from a place of love to be able to tell people something. I want people to see that there's, there's like there's something I'm enjoying and this is what I believe in and God is what I believe in and I want you to know that this is why I have this freedom and I have to do that I'm doing. And in in my unknowing way, it, it reached out to people. But it came from a place of me understanding who God is, from me understanding what I want from God, what I want from things, what I how I want to influence a particular culture of t-shirts, how t-shirts should be worn as a Christian. And so, but some people don't like some people in their faith journey have are not yet there yet. They're, they're trying to they're trying to find their faith. And because you've gone through that journey as a as a, a person that went to the, in the church whereby you was the first of all they told you that your freedom is gone like and that's the thing and that's the mistake for people that when you get into a place they tell you your freedom is gone you cannot be rich you cannot do this you can and they just take away the freedom and you're beginning to wonder why would i leave all those beautiful things for you to take away all my freedom yeah. like why would i why would i leave that thing but you know you run away because you were like you felt like you were being chased and you ran out but in the in the process of your journey, you found yourself back. You God helped you, and God brought you back. So, what? How do you advise people that get to the the front of the church, and they get into a they meet someone, they meet um, a pastor, they meet someone like me, they meet people, and the first thing they see about Christ is that Christ takes away your freedom, and it's the opposite because Christ gives you absolutely freedom. Yeah. It gives you the best freedom you can never have. And it, how do you help those kind of people? Yeah, um, thank you for that. that. That was just an area we have to talk about. Because in my journey, you know, like I said, I don't want to take any credit for myself. It was really the Lord's goodness and His, and his mercy. And the first, the, one thing I always tell people is you need to, first of all, you have to have a strong understanding that you are loved you know, God loves you so much, yeah, that he doesn't want to take away from you, he wants to give to you. Now, in the course of giving to you, every other thing that he doesn't want to live would definitely live. Imagine the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was the worst of the worst. He was the chief tax collector in those days. And, you know, he wanted to see Jesus and he signed up to a tree. And Jesus was like, oh, Zacchaeus, come down, please me out. Now, Zacchaeus, after his encounter with Jesus, because of so much grace and love that he has received from Jesus, because he oh Jesus coming to his house to dine was a big deal. And you know, Jesus was very counterculture. You know, one thing I always tell people is that you have to counterculture to the Jews, really. Jesus was very counterculture to the Jews. It, it was it was like he was saying that um um you know there, there was even a time that they accused him of being against um, Moses, being against Abraham. And all that kind of stuff because Jesus was Jesus would heal on the Sabbath and Jesus would dine with sinners and Jesus would heal the the um, lay hands on the lepers. Jesus was very you know these are things that they shouldn't do. But Jesus was always moving, was always doing those things, but he was doing it with love. And you have to understand, you know, when Zacchaeus received grace and love from Jesus, automatically he was set free. Zacchaeus didn't just you know use the freedom that he got to you know, okay, the Lord died with me and he begins to go. No, Zacchaeus does the most audacious thing. He gives back everything that he has ever stolen in four times, in fourfold. He returns fourfold of what he did and he gives half of his wealth to the poor. 
Jesus, we, we see nowhere where Jesus told Zacchaeus to do that. But because of the grace that he received, because of the love, the freedom that he received from, from the Lord, he was free. Everything in his life was set. So, first of all, forget the fear that, oh, if you don't keep this rule, you don't keep that rule, you don't do things like this, God will not love you. Forget it. God loves you with an everlasting love. He doesn't change one thing about you. Number two, you have to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit within you. Now, many of us, we, we enjoy bondage. And that's the truth. Many Christians, many, we think bondage is, we think bondage is good. We, we have been conformed to such, such a, a terrible mindset that we feel like it is good to be in bondage. Like we are, we want to be under the law by fire by fire. You know, that's why we, we see many people, you know, some people, you know, many a times, you know, especially in back then, in the middle age, ages, um, people that were in prison, and their prisons were bad. Our prisons today are still very okay. Their prisons were very bad. Their prisons, their prisons that people would stay in, no sun, like nothing. And, you know, after spending so many years in that darkness, they come out, they see the light, and they run back to bondage. Why? Because they are so used to it that they don't want to. So please, do not be that kind of person. You have to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit within you. Now, the Holy Spirit himself will lead you to people that will teach you the right thing. He did it for me. The Lord led me to amazing people that began to, that began to show me that, oh, this is really how it is about. The Lord began to lead me to the right message. And I'm sure the Lord will do the same thing to you for you when you listen to him. Listen to his voice. Listen to that witness. There's, you know, many Christians, we, we don't, we we know, like, you know, I said earlier, I knew when I got saved, I knew within me that something is not right with this way, way of living. Something is not right with this form of Christianity. I knew deep within me, I wasn't comfortable with it. First of all, it was so, it was so um, starved of love. There was no love in the atmosphere. There was nothing like that. And I knew that, man, there's no God in this, in this um, legalism. And I, I began to ask the Holy Spirit to teach me, to show me the right to, ex- you know, the Bible talks about being established in righteousness, being established in grace. Now, it's not talking about being established in our own righteousness. It's talking about being established in the righteousness that comes through faith. That's the gospel, righteousness of faith. So, you know, when I when I receive when I receive that witness within me, I began to ask the Lord, ask the Lord. You know, He will show you these things. He will tell you. He will show, He will give you strong scriptures for you. See, the Lord wants to establish you with freedom. He wants you to know that you are loved. And in in within the same time, He's going to lead you to He's going to lead you to um the right people. Yes, so I think that's really important. Like, God is definitely going to lead you to the right people. And for me, it's key. And one tricky way is, which I found is, the first thing you should look for when you're going around is to look for love. Is to look for love. Even in the correction, when God corrects you, he corrects with love. And love means that I am correcting you so that you can get better. I am not correcting you because I am going to put you in bondage. Or because you are, I'm correcting you so that you can get better. And one thing I've also learned so far is that the purpose of heaven, the purpose of having a relationship with God, is not so that you don't die in hell. It's because God wants to actually do great things for you. 
it's because God wants to actually do great things for you and he wants you to to serve him with all of yourself. People need to realize that at least that the center of everything God do and God has asked people to do is love. So even if you are not sure of who is preaching God's gospel, if this person just crammed the Bible, one of the few things I've learned, one of the few things I've learned is to look for love in that situation. And it's really important. It saves you from a lot of from a lot of bad things, from a lot of bad situations. They say that it is from God. If someone is even trying to speak to you, ask them if they are preaching, if they are preaching a message of fear. It's not from God because God has said perfect um love. is is message is perfect love. Like perfect love comes everything. So is that you need to find love in the situation. And one of the things I've also tried to tell people that in in, in order for you to, to be able to influence culture as well, is that you need to be able to see like what are you give are you giving yourself to those people? Because some of the times when we say we Christian want to influence culture, we want to take from them. It's like I want you guys not to wear your jeans again. I want you guys not to do this. I want you guys to be poor for life. But it's that when you want to influence culture, you say, I want to give you wealth. I mm-hmm. want to give you freedom. I want to give you abundance. Because for you to be able to, it's for example, if you're coming to tell me that your camera is better than my camera, it will come from a place from you telling me, this is why my camera supersedes your camera. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I would, it's from a place, and that's how it's supposed to be. You have to show them what God has given you, not that. God wants to take this thing away from you. God wants to take your good life so that you can come and live in penury. No. God doesn't want to do that. God wants to bless you. He has promised us prosperity. If you check the Bible, yeah. there's so many promises of God about you will be prosperous consistently. So God has not called us as a Christian, as, as a believer to say, you're not a believer, your job is to be poor. You're not a believer, don't, don't, do, don't do nice things. You cannot afford to wear nice things. You cannot afford to do nice things. No. Absolutely freedom, total freedom. And I agree. For me, that's 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 my own last words. Do you have anything before we just round up? Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to say um people should see just believe in the gospel. Believe that um Jesus did everything that you need. Believe that um the Lord the Lord has perfected everything. So from that you can live in freedom. See, there are some things that God is going to need us to do in these last days that will not seem like church culture that will not seem god because god wants to influence the seven mountains of influence he wants to get into everything god wants to really change you know the foundation of the world he wants he wants the gospel to go to to reach the ends of the nation so we just be ready you see the problem is that if you don't believe god if you don't believe um the gospel you will not be able to walk in freedom to do what God has called you to do. Some of you, God wants you to go into the entertainment industry and you're like, oh, but, you know, I'm afraid. We we try to, you know, we don't want to get into that culture. But God wants you to go there to be light. God wants you to go there to... See, pe- people that are in Hollywood, uh, they, they got their gifts from the Lord. The only problem is that they are influenced by the devil. But you are going there to use... Because of the freedom that you have received, you are going here to use that freedom to influence them back. And that's what God wants to do, man. So please allow yourself, enjoy the freedom, enjoy the grace of Jesus Christ. Paul said something, this is last now, say, Paul said, I will not take the grace of God for granted. That means I'm going to take the, I'm going to take all I can 
all the benefits of God's grace, all the benefits of the gospel, I'm going to use it to the full, fullest. And that's what I want you to do wherever it is that's listening. Those are my last words. Yeah, I love that. I would not, like, I'm going to use it as a charge. I would not take the grace of God for granted. Like, it's so important. Like, I would not take the gifts of God for granted. So whatever gifts God has given you, whatever space God has called you to go and influence, whatever mountain God has called you to move aside so that its light would shine, don't don't feel like you're not you're not capable. Like, God, God uses people that are not capable. Like, because first of all, if you are capable, you can take all the glory. So exactly. don't feel like you're not capable. Don't feel like, just say, just keep telling yourself, I would not take the grace for granted. I would not take this gift for granted. I would go there and I would profess the love and I would let God use me to shine his light. And you just see yourself manifesting and people are coming to you to say, oh, okay, what are you doing? What's happening? What's happening? And just because you have a grace, like I see grace like umbrella, like you are walking into somewhere and let's assume in the old place, it's just raining. It's just raining everywhere. Or oh, there's a very hot sun. But you're going there with an umbrella. That's the grace of God covering you. And you're walking, you're walking. And everyone's like, why is carrying this body nowhere? Why is it not burning of the sun? And I'm telling them that, oh my God, you have to come unto me. Come and yeah. enjoy this freedom I'm having. Come and enjoy this grace God has given me. And that's how your life will keep shining. And they'll keep telling you the story. Oh, take this umbrella. God has asked me to give it to you. And... You keep expanding that grace and you just, within a very short time, you realize that you're influencing culture. You're beginning to tell people things about the stories of Christ and you're making great things happen in whatever space you find yourself. And so I 100% enjoyed this conversation. Like, I, I loved it. Uh, thank you so much, Kindy, for doing thank this. Um, I really do. I really do appreciate it. Um, thank you so much. The Glory Lines Podcast. Thank you for joining us today on this podcast episode. We hope this has blessed you. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast players and share with as many people as possible. Thank you. God bless.